Warning, the contents of this episode may be disturbing for some listeners. Explicit violence and sensitive topics are described. It may not be suitable for all audiences, especially children. Come gather around the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. Carol, how are you? I'm great. The sun is out. Spring is in the air. It's a beautiful day in the Pacific Northwest. And yet we have some dark news, don't we? We do. I cannot wait to regale you with stories of darkness and woe, as I love to do. The first story I have today, I know you already know about it because you sent me the article, but it is about rapper Little Nas X, who teamed up with the company Mischief, I believe it's pronounced, mm-hmm. to develop a Nike knockoff Satan shoe. Satan shoes. And it was all over the news. All over the news. By the time our podcast comes out, it'll probably be a little bit old, but that's okay. We should talk about it anyway. We should. Yeah. So the company Mischief, actually, I believe they purchased a bunch of Nike Air Max 97s from Nike, complete with a Nike swoosh. And then they went ahead and um, redid the shoe. They darned it with a pentagram metal that mm-hmm. was attached to its laces. And they put another pentagram into the foot lining of the shoe. They also mixed red ink with a drop of what they say is real human blood. Now, isn't it from the rapper himself? Didn't he put his own blood in there? I don't know if he put his own blood or if he got it somewhere else. I don't know. It's just creepy as fuck anyway. But that is the um, the liquid part that you see in the heel of the shoe. So gross. It's so weird. They have an inverted cross on the tongue of the shoe. And there is a Bible verse on the side of the shoe of Luke 10, 18, which is a quote from Jesus. And that quote is, And Jesus said unto them, I beheld Satan fallen as lightning from heaven. Ooh. Yeah, it's creepy. So it's the part in the in the Bible, the moment in the Bible where the Satan falls from heaven and down to wherever Satan lives now. I'm not really, yeah. I don't know my Bible stories. I'm not really sure. He fell to earth. He is was, that where he went? Well, he was banned from heaven. I know that and his angels too. He was getting in a lot of trouble because yeah. Jesus and all, Jesus was getting all the attention and he didn't like that. I mean, I've done that with my sisters. I'm like, you're getting all the attention. I'm going to do something <laughs> bad. To get the attention on me now, right? Yeah. Was Jesus alive before he came to Earth? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about this. I should have well, paid attention in Sunday school and I, I, I think, didn't. I think that Bible verse is when also Satan is trying to tempt Jesus. Yeah, which he does quite a bit, which I also do to my sisters and they fall for it every time. <laughs> So anyways, these shoes come in a creepy devil decorated box. And of course, they only made 666 pairs of the shoe. Of course. And I'm sure Nike was wondering, like, you only want 666 pairs? Only 666 pairs, Nike. That's all we want. Uh, uh, Oh, okay. Like, that wouldn't have raised their eyebrows. Just be like, who's buying 666 (laughs) That's kind of a very specific number. Very. But they sold them out in under a minute 
for $1,018 per pair. Mm -hmm. In a minute? In under a minute. So that means that they made an income of $677,988 on these shoes. I thought you were going to say that means we have a lot of Satanists on on, on, uh, the internet. And we have a lot of Satanists. (laughs) Who love Nike shoes. On the internet. Yeah. No, it's true. They sold all of those pairs out that quickly for that amount of money. So so good for them, right? Mm -hmm. But there is one small glitch. Nike is the one getting the backlash as many people believe that they're the ones behind these shoes. That's what I thought at first. Yeah, everybody thinks that. There's a Nike swoosh and there's a famous person promoting it and you're right. just like, oh, look, Nike's doing some look, devil's Nike's, work. Nike's uh, really not doing we already the Lord's knew, work. We already knew Nike was kind of evil, but now they're just going to come out and claim, yes, evil is run amok. But no, Nike is not involved in these shoes at all. And actually, people are so upset about this, they've been calling for a boycott caught of Nike. Mm-hmm. So Nike's like, no, I don't think so. So they're slapping a huge lawsuit onto Mischief for trademark infringement. Well, he should have asked permission. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously they weren't expecting this company to go out and apparently Nike, there's knockoff Nike shoes all the time and they're they're not too worried about it. But this one kind of crossed the line, I suppose. <laughs> so Nike is seeking compensatory, uh, statutory and punitive damages from Mischief, but they are not suing little Nas X, which I think is strange because his name is all over the shoe. He was one of the uh, colluders of this shoe. So I'm, I'm surprised that Nike isn't suing him as well, but they've chosen not to. Parents are, of course, are also super pissed off because Little Nas X specifically targets children as his audience, like little kids. Oh. So now he's out there selling these Satan shoes. What is that message that he's sending to these little kids? So they're also quite upset. Everyone's got their feathers in a ruffle over this. Yeah. But Carol, hold up a bit. I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> but there's one more part of the story. Babylon B did a fictional article saying that Kanye West was coming out with Jesus shoes. That's right. Which is hilarious. The Babylon B reports that Kanye West has released the Jesus shoes and said, quote, I'm really happy for little Nas X's career and all, but these are going to be the greatest sneakers of all time. Of all time. Also based on Nike's Air Max 97s, instead of pentagrams darning the shoe, it has Bible verses of John 3.16, a photo of Jesus himself with a hand up in a praise motion. A Jesus fish is also on the shoe. You know those Jesus fishes yeah. that you see on cars? The little Christian symbol. And the best part is it has a spike nailed into the toe. Oh. <laughs> well, that's extreme. <laughs> Are we supposed to suffer as we're running or Well, walking? yeah. I mean, if Jesus can do it, so can you. I mean, if you're walking with a spike in your toe, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, I'd you run should. Pretty fast. Hey, it might be the the shoe of athletes here. It in might the be. It might be. Kanye said he will include quote water in the heel so everyone can walk on water just oh. like Jesus did. He said all pairs will also include a drop of wine in the sole, signifying Jesus's atoning blood. Of course, he's only planning to produce 777 I pairs of his Jesus shoe to offset the evil that was created in Little Nas X's 666 sneakers. What if you got a Jesus shoe for your left foot and a Satan shoe for your right foot? Wouldn't that be like you're truly walking the path of a person now? No. So, yeah. Great so anyway, story, those Charlie. are the uh, the shoes stories behind Satan and Jesus duking it out on people's feet. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Jesus shoe isn't quite true. However, I did see that there was like a kind of a Jesus shoe 
idea concept back in the day, but I didn't go down that path too much. So for those of you who know that story, I'm sorry, I didn't really go into that. My next story is um, something I really lightly touched on a few weeks ago with you. It's the Oregon cattle mutilations that have been happening. I got my information from Coast to Coast AM, who's been covering it, and NPR has been covering it. And then there's another local affiliate called KTVZ, who have also been covering this. Starting on August of 2019, near this very small town of Seneca, Oregon, which is in Grant County, which is pretty much smack dab in the middle of the state of Oregon, five bulls were found dead with their tons and genitals removed with surgical precision. There was no evidence of how they died. It just appears that they collapsed where they stood. Was there blood, Holly? There was no blood. blood. (gasps) There was no blood. So here's the thing. This is really interesting to me. Remember a few episodes back where I did the update on the TV show, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch from Mm -hmm. the History Channel? Yes. And we talked about um, on the show, they found a dead cow and the cow was not mutilated. She was just dead and they weren't quite sure why. And of course, Skinwalker Ranch is known for cattle mutilations right? and dead cows that die for no reason. So they went back and they reviewed the security footage they have cameras all over the ranch. And so they went back and they looked at the security footage of the cow and they see that the cow just kind of collapsed down right where it stood and could not get back up. And eventually she just died there. But what they also caught was there was a unidentified object shining right above her. And they I were, remember that. Yeah. So they were like, is that object up there that we can't tell what it is? It's just a shiny cylinder, cylinder object. Um, Is that affecting this cow? Is that what's caused this cow to die? Of course, the vet later revealed that she had died of stress-induced pneumonia, which was brought on by a stressful event. Well, if you're encountering a UFO, that's a pretty stressful event, right? Right. So these cows in Oregon did not have a clear cause of death and seemed to die just right at the spot where they stood, which makes me wonder if that was a similar experience to what this cow on the Skinwalker Ranch went through. You know? Yeah. I think there's a correlation there that is um, interesting to make. So even though the cow at the Skinwalker Ranch was not mutilated like the cows were in Oregon, perhaps it's because the ranchers at Skinwalker Ranch got to the cow before whatever had a chance to do its mutilations. I don't know. I don't know. So maybe. Who knows? But the Oregon cows did have their tons and testicles removed. So it was really strange. And it was a terrible blow to this rancher in Oregon because these bulls were just starting to reap in top dollar for their breeding value. He estimated that each bull was worth around $6,000. So 6,000 times five cows means that he lost $30,000 in losing these five cows. That's a lot of money. I wonder if they're going to have to start selling mutilation cow insurance. They might. That would be a really good idea for an insurance company to get on board with because (laughs) with all these poor cows and what's happening. So nearly a year later after this event in July of 2020, another report comes in from Fossil, Oregon, which is in Wheeler County, which is right next door to Grand County, again in the middle of the state. A black Angus cow was found with, again, its tongue and genitals missing and its reproductive parts were cut out. Weird. So weird. And this cow was found with her front legs curled underneath her. The rancher said that she could not have gotten into that position on her own. So I'm not exactly sure how she was laying, but in a way that they thought was very weird and unnatural for a cow to lay. 
Upon investigation, they did find a partial boot print that they think belongs to the perpetrator, but the nothing else. The cattle mutilations have caused local authorities to form a task force to investigate these strange cow killings. Then, after that event, there was another one a few months later in September of 2020 in Ukiah, Oregon, which is in the Umatilla County, which is north of Grant County. So all of these are happening in Oregon. Yes, and they're all very current, super current. I mean, it goes all the way up to March of 2021. So, wow. yeah. So September of 2020 in Ukiah, Oregon, in Umatilla County, which is just north of Grant County, um, again, kind of more on the eastern side of the state, another cow was found dead with its tongue and sex organs removed via a bloodless cut, as most of them, I don't think any of them were blood, had blood around them, which is also really hard to do. It's, I think it's why they say that they're surgically removed because it's so professionally done. Yeah, it's almost like their blood or their, you know, their veins are cauterized Something. in the process. It's really strange. So on this one, they found one of the cow's ears lying on its neck after it had been severed from its head. Ooh, It's weird. So why was that place there? Nobody knows. Um, the same rancher indicated that two of his other cows had also died in a similar manner to that one. So that, that means he lost three cows this, in this manner. So in early March of 2021, which was just, you know, last month in Crick County, um, which is just southwest of Wheeler and Grant counties, three more cows were found dead and mutilated with a possible fourth cow that they're still investigating. Crick County Under Sheriff James Savage said the cause of these cattle deaths were not natural and they were under investigation. They also indicated that certain body parts were removed from the cows, but they did not disclose which parts were, were removed. Officers are encouraging the ranchers to be very careful and watch over their cow herds. And they will also be beefing up their patrols of the area. I love that. <laughs> all Good journal writing. Thank you. All puns intended. Yeah. Did you write that, Holly? I did. Oh. I did. That was me. That yes. Was awesome. That was me. They are also asking that anyone contact them if anybody sees any suspicious person or vehicle in the area. They also give a phone number, which I'll put on our website, but also the phone number, if you're interested in jotting it down, is 541-417-6398. The FBI has documented thousands of cases regarding cow mutilations as far back as the 1970s, but they have never arrested anybody for these crimes. So they never catch anybody. There's been no eyewitnesses. Nothing. So, of course, there's no real indication of how these cows are dying. Harney County Sheriff's Deputy Dan Jenkins has been investigating the cattle killings. He's been able to rule out bears, wolves, cougars, poisonous plants, and being shot as possible causes of death for these poor cows. Has he ruled out all cougars, though? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the idea that it's aliens is not really being taken seriously by law enforcement. But that has not stopped people from calling up and suggesting that if there is a depression found under the dead cow, it's because the cow got sucked up into the spaceship. The aliens took what they needed from the cow and then just dropped it back to the earth, leaving a big dent under the cow. Well, into that's the earth. scientific. It is. I mean, but they're using the principle of suction. Yes. Suction and gravity. Oh, suction and gravity. Yeah. Yes. But I don't know that they have found any kind of earth 
indentations under the cows that they can attribute to as flying saucer, but it's kind of funny. Another perplexing problem is that areas where these cows are found tend to be very dusty, which makes it easy for ranchers to track the prints of their cows and other animals. And yet, except for that one half boot print, nobody has been able to come up with any prints or evidence suggesting who would be doing this. So they have all this dusty area, but yet there's no prints. There's no indication or sign of a car. There was that half boot print. That was the only thing ever found. So how is a person able to get in, do what he needs to do with a cow, and then get out without any evidence of him being there? Well, it's obviously not a person. Well, I don't think it is either. (laughs) <laughs> Which you theory? I think it's well. I don't know. I mean, I I like the UFO theory, but that's only because I want it to be true. Now I know I don't have all the evidence and blah blah blah, and and people are rolling their eyes, going, "Oh, Holly, come on, let this go." But I personally think that it's very strange. First of all, why people would do this to a cow? Why take those body parts and then leave no evidence of your being there? To me seems kind of odd and the fact that the fbi has never been able to find or capture anybody since the 70s they're in on it maybe maybe they know exactly what's going on Mm -hmm. deputy jenkins told npr that there's a lot of fear of what could be causing these mutilations he said quote if some person or persons has the ability to take down a 2,000 pound range bull you know it's not inconceivable that they would not have a lot of problems dealing with a 180 pound cowboy end quote which is true so if you're true. out there and you're trying to watch over your herd and you see something kind of uh, not intimidated by a cow they're certainly going to roll right over the top of you no problem mm-hmm. so now ranchers are encouraged to always ride in pairs and always carry firearms when they're checking on their herds and for the ranchers of Sylvie's Valley Ranch which is the spot where the five bulls were found dead they're offering a $25,000 reward for information that can help solve the mystery of the death of these cows so if you can figure it out, twenty five grand in it for you. No, you love how I always find the um, news stories where there's a reward of some I know, kind. I always want. Yeah, you're manifesting People, these. It like, pays rewards. to listen to our show. <laughs> we'll show you how to earn money. Yeah. And just solve the crime. <laughs> just follow the clues. Where is that uh, cow penis at? So anyway, um, so that is the the story of the Oregon cow mutilations as they stand right now. They still have no idea. They're trying to form a special task force. Everyone's hypervigilant. But it is weird. And it does cost these ranchers a lot of money to lose their cattle for no reason. Like, they don't understand why this is even happening. That is my best friend, Jenny, over there on that side of the table. Hi, that's my lifelong best friend, Taylor. Are you into ghosts, aliens, or murder? If you are, you are among friends because we love talking about terrible things too. It's why we started our podcast, A Little Bit Grim, where we would talk about the paranormal, true crime, folklore, conspiracies, cults, disasters, and every other heinous thing that could happen to a person. It's a little bit spooky with a little bit of comedy mixed in. Honestly, it's all just a little bit grim. And you can find us wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And you can find us on all social media platforms by searching for A Little Bit Grim. We'll see you there. Goodbye. Goodbye.
So my last story um, is something that it's not really a also not really a news story so much as just something that I read recently that I thought was kind of interesting about one of my favorite serial killers. Um, <laughs> I didn't know you had favorite serial well, killers. Well, he's one of the most interesting. Have you ever seen the Netflix show called Mindhunter? Mm-mm. So Mindhunter is based off of a book, I believe, of the same name written by the guy at the FBI who developed the psychological and behavioral unit of the FBI that helped them figure out how to track down and capture serial killers. So it's like a psychopath handbook. Yeah, kind of. So they kind of get an idea and start to build psychological profiles of serial killers so they can find other serial killers. And it's actually helped them quite a bit to do that. Well, um, in the show, it's, you know, based off of real people. And one of the serial killers that they interview is a guy named Edmund Kemper. Hmm. He's played brilliantly by an actor named Cameron Britton. Well, Edmund Kemper is a real serial killer. And he did indeed talk to these guys at the FBI. Um, the show Mindhunter is really good. So you guys should definitely check it out. But the story of Edmund Kemper is what I'm going to tell you about today. Because it's kind of an interesting story. So Edmund Kemper, he was born in California. And then he went and lived in Montana with his mother um, after she divorced his father. And they had a very contentious relationship. Um, she was, according to him, she was terrible to him. She talked down to him and she just was not warm or loving towards him at all. She was really mean and cruel to him. She thought that he was um, dangerous at a very early age. So she made him sleep in the basement Aww. when he was 10. And which terrified him, but she didn't care. She just wanted him locked away from the rest of the family. He felt like she hated him because um, he reminded her of her of his father, who she really hated. Anyway, a long story. So yeah, he, I slept in the basement for a long time. I didn't have any psychological problems from that. Well, perhaps because you weren't locked in the basement no. by your evil mother. <laughs> I don't know. This is his words. So anyway, he at the age of, I don't know, he was a young teenager. He ran away from home. He went to live with his dad in California. His dad rejected him and had married someone else and said, you can't live here. So he sent him to live with his parents in Northern California, I believe it was. So when he went to live with them, he ended up getting into a fight with his grandmother and he murdered her and oh, his grandfather wow. at the age of 15. Pretty young, out the gate, murdering people. So yeah. he ended up going to a mental institution because he was so young. I think they just thought, well, there's something wrong with him if he's going to do this. Mm -hmm. So he goes to this mental institution and he is so smart. His IQ is around 145, which is genius level. He's so smart. He's so charismatic and personable with the psychologist there that they start to let him help them develop psychological tests for other patients oh. to determine if they were psychologically sound or not. Mm -hmm. So then they would turn around and administer the same tests to him. Well, he already knew all the answers. So he would, he would pass the test and they're like, you know what? And then you're a great guy. We think that this murdering your grandparents thing was a fluke. He, so they tell him, you know what? We're going to let you go. Um, so he ends up moving back in with his mother, which was not, they didn't want him to do that, but he had nowhere else to go. So he moves back in with his mother and she's as terrible to him as she was before. And now she knows he's a murderer and he's a terrible person. So they have this incredibly contentious relationship. He grows into being six foot nine, 300 pounds, 
and uh, an IQ of 145. So he is a big dude and he's super smart. And so he goes to live with his mom and she's always talking about, she works at the University of Santa Cruz, University of California at Santa Cruz. And she's always talking about her co-eds and he hates them. I think he's kind of jealous of them. So he starts to murder these college girls. Oh, He will like pretend like if they're out hitchhiking, um, this happened from between 1964 and 1973. He would pick up hitchhikers, college edge, ed, college ed hitchhikers. He would pick them up. He would take them to the woods. He would murder them. He would rape them after they were dead. He would decapitate them. He would do horror movie type stuff to their bodies. Really bad stuff. And he did this for almost 10 years until one day he realized that the person he wanted to really kill was his mother. So he did kill his mother. That's so interesting. He's self-analyzing mm-hmm. his anger. Yeah. And he, then realizing he's taking it out on the wrong. Right. So he, he finally, he kills his mother and he decapitates her and he has sex with her head. What? Actually, we should put a disclaimer in front of the story. Um, but yeah, he, he, he rips out her vocal cords and puts them in the garbage disposal. Oh my God. And he's really fucking pissed at her. Then he calls up her best friend and invites her over and he murders her too. What did her best friend do? Uh, maybe because she was just his best friend, her, her best friend. I don't know. I don't know. But he he gets her too. Then he takes off and he goes to Colorado, probably to your <gasps> house. Probably and he probably lives in the bushes in your childhood home. I oh my imagine. god! What, what year was this? Seventy <laughs> three. Ah, yeah. So he goes to Colorado and he's waiting for the police to come to get him, and they don't come. He doesn't see about anything about it in the news. He's like, they've got to know by now it's me. And he was friends with a lot of the cops. Like he'd wanted to be a cop, and he would hang out with them at this bar. He had even applied to be a cop, and he wasn't able to because he was too big. Like they thought he was too large for the job. So um, he knew a lot of the cops. And so finally they didn't come for him. So he called them up and he said, hey, um, it's Ed. I'm in Colorado. If you want to come get me. And they're like, well, why would we do that? And he's like, because I killed all those people. And he's like, what are you talking about? And so he starts to tell them about all these. I'm the serial killer that you've been looking for. And he gives them all the details. And they're like, oh, my God, Ed, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. So they go get him. And they drive him back to California. And he pleads guilty. And he's given the death sentence. But there's a moratorium on the death sentence in California. So. He doesn't get death. He actually gets um, he gets seven years to life on each count, and he was convicted on eight counts of murder. So if you include his grandparents, that's ten people that he killed. So anyway, the reason, Carol, I'm telling you this story. Yeah, I'm like, are we doing a crime <laughs> yeah, podcast? No, no. Like the reason I'm telling podcast? you this story, and you're looking at me like, why on earth would I want to know all this terrible information yeah. is because after he gets into prison, he joins a program called the Volunteers of Vacaville. And so what they do, or one of the things that they do is, and what he did was he read books on tape for the blind. He has over 5,000 hours worth of books on tape that he read, including Flowers in the Attic, (laughs) Star Wars, The Rosary Murders, Petals on the Wind, The Glass Key, Dune, and If Tomorrow Comes. So picture this. You're a 16-year-old girl and you're blind. And you're like, God, I really want to read Flowers in the Attic. I'm going to go get it on tape. And you pop it in. And the person reading this to you is Edmund fucking Kemper, who murdered 
10 women. Talk about nightmares. Yeah. She cr- she doesn't know this. Well, you, what if she did? But that's the thing. And that's my point, Carol. I think there is a huge market for this. But we're going to come back to that in a okay. second. Kemper was so good at this because remember, he has an IQ of 145. He's a very smart man. Yeah. Um, he even won two trophies for his work on creating these audiobooks and doing this program. He told in 1987, the Los Angeles Times ran a story on him and he told them, quote, I can't begin to tell you what this has meant to me to be able to do something constructive for somebody else to be appreciated by so many people. The good feeling it gives me after what I have done, end quote. So he stopped working on the project in 2015 because he suffered a stroke. But he's a really interesting guy because when you see him interviewed, he has a he comes off as somebody who has a conscience. Like he gets very emotional when he talks about his mother and murdering his mother. Um, he he knows he goes, you know, I I should be in prison. Um, he goes, I knew I was just killing my mother over and over again when I was killing those other girls. This was really between her and I. Um, like he has a lot of self-reflection and self-guilt, I get the sense. So he's an interesting guy. And that's why the cops and the feds really like him. Not because he's a he's a terrible person, of course, but because there is real remorse there, or at least, now maybe I'm really gullible, but at least he comes off as a highly remorseful person. Perhaps it's all a game and it's all facade. I don't know, but it's very, he's an interesting guy. He's unique in the respect that he comes off as somebody who's sorry for what he did. And most serial killers are not sorry at all. In the Mindhunter show, it's really, there's a clever scene where they were telling him, um, the FBI agents were telling Kemper about how they were really getting educated on serial killers. And he goes, well, yeah, you're getting really educated on the ones you've caught. But the ones that you haven't are still out there. And he and he goes and he goes, yeah, I turned myself in. He goes, I probably could have ran my entire life and not been caught. And if you think about it, with an IQ of 145, he probably could have. So back to my earlier point, though, about having a serial killer reading a book on tape. Um, I think that there's a big market out there for that. <laughs> so I just wanted to run this you by would, you. You would <laughs> buy. You would buy. I don't know that I would actually I probably would, but there's a lot of people who probably would buy something like that because how creepy it would be. So for, for example, let me run a couple of these by you. The same people who would buy those shoes would buy the audio books. Yeah, (laughs) perhaps. But if you think about it, would you want to, um, let's say you want to listen to the audio book of the hunger games. Do you want it just read by anybody or do you want it read by Dennis Rader, the BTK killer? (laughs) (laughs) Or perhaps Bridget Jones's diary as read by the sexy, sultry voice of Gary Ridgway, the River Killer. (laughs) Or Game of Thrones as read by the New York accented David Berkowitz, son of Sam. I can't do a New York accent or I would try. That's a real thing out there. People do get paid for reading audiobooks. Absolutely. I think Audible would make a bunch of money if they employ these serial killers to read some of these books. But uh, Or if Ted Bundy was still alive, what do you think he would read? He would read um, probably Pride and Prejudice. Anybody else? Any other serial killers that you would pair with a good book? What about the Zodiac Killer? What could he read? How about one of those Nicholas Sparks books? <laughs> <laughs> Knights and Rodanthe or whatever. What is that one? Uh, um, 
Um, oh, oh, the notebook. Ezra G. The by notebook. the Zodiac Killer. The notebook. That's perfect. <laughs> the notebook. So anyway, if you guys have any ideas of good pairings of serial killers with books yeah. that you would want to hear them read, please let us know. We'll we'll put that little contest up on our on our uh, social media so feeds, demented. and you guys can tell us. You know, it's very rare that I'm disturbed at by a something lack I say. of words, but you can tell the less I say, the more disturbed I am. I love it. Uh, thank you, Holly. Be a fun game. I can to play. always count on you. Yeah, I know. Anyway, that's it for me. What should we do our, our tarot reading on today? I was thinking about perhaps the cow mutilations that were happening. Are we going to have more of them? What's what? Who's actually doing this to these cows? I like that. Who's doing this to the cows? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do that. Sounds great. We'll be right back. Okay, Carol. So we kind of, um, we did our spreads, but we did them a little differently this time. I went ahead and went after the question of who is responsible for the cattle mutilations in Oregon. Carol went after the why. That's right. I wanted so, to know why they're happening. Yeah, what what's going on, why they're happening. What's the intent? So I will start by telling you guys the tarot deck I'm using is the Crystal Visions Tarot by Jennifer Galasso. Um, so, um, they're really cute, like kind of fairy, like cards and pastel colors. Anyway, I'm going to use those for my reading today of who is responsible for the cattle mutilations. And the card that I pulled was the emperor. Um, and then I also call, uh, pulled uh, something called a clarifying card just to get more information. And that was the nine of cups. So to me, the emperor in the tarot is always known as the guy in charge, the guy who's running the show, the guy who's got the most to gain mm -hmm. and has the one there to make the money. He's the head of the business. He's the CEO. So here's how I'm going to interpret this. This guy is either um, somebody who is using the ton and the genitals for some reason, for some purpose to make money or he's a competitor to these ranchers and he's trying to take out their prize cows so that he reaps more money from people for breeding or for me or whatever he's he's doing he's trying to do this as a competition now you'll notice that i'm not saying that he's an alien i don't have any um, evidence that he is i just think he's somebody who's benefiting from this financially also in this particular card there is like a hawk flying above the emperor in the image that's holding onto a glass ball. I'm going to take that as this guy is finding his cows with a drone. I think he's he's finding them via drone, seeing that they're out in the middle of nowhere, and that's how he's pinpointing where to attack because no one's going to see what he's doing. That's clever. Thank you. I thought so. But I, I think he's figuring out where they are, and that's where he goes. And I don't know how he's not leaving any evidence if he is coming at them. Maybe he has an ability to get there in a way where he doesn't leave tracks. I find that hard to believe. But there was the one half bootprint that perhaps was left by him. But I do think that he is doing this for, for financial gain. And the reason that I feel that way is the Nine of Cups. It's all about building up your, your um, self-worth, your self-confidence, and you're going out there and you're really um, feeling good about what you're doing because you're beating your competition. It's all about self-esteem. So I think whatever he's doing is because he's trying to undercut everyone around him. Yeah. You think it's a little bit about ego too? Absolutely. 
Interesting. So the emperor is all about business and about putting his stake in the ground and building his empire. And I think that this person is benefiting somehow by hurting these cows, either with the material he takes from the cows or by the way he's hurting the ranchers that are losing money because they're losing these cows. So that's who I think is behind it. And the eagle or the hawk in the card could be either a drone to scout out the location or it could imply something from the sky is coming down, sure. I mean, if yeah. you want to go down the, the you, alien route. You could go for the fact that, you know, our leaders in government are in cahoots with some alien race. Yes, yeah, perhaps it's an alien race coming it's a down. trade of, mm-hmm. I'll let you have our cow tongue for money. Right, Or perhaps, for technology. Perhaps, yeah. But they're also the ones, if, if it is aliens, they're also the ones in charge. Mm. So they're the ones that are dominant in this situation, just like the emperor card would reflect. Right. So I mean, I my point here is I'm leaning more towards it's a person. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you know, there's not a lot of tarot cards that indicate aliens. <laughs> no, I know. And, but I love the drone idea, too. Yeah, the drone idea would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there you go. I think it's somebody who's in it for the profit of it. That was really interesting. I am using for my spread the Dream Keepers Tarot by Liz Houston. Those are beautiful cards. And the cards are very artistic. They're almost like Salvador Dali. They're cool. They're really cool looking. Uh, What's really fascinating, I chose these cards um, without knowing what Holly's story was. And so many of these cards show the characters losing their heads. Oh, weird. You know, being decapitated. Oh, that's very strange. Which is very bizarre. Like you've maybe got all we, these floating heads Maybe everywhere. we should have asked a question about Edmund Kemper yeah. instead of the cows. I just thought it was weird that like all these cards have like floating heads. That's funny. Um, okay, so what I pulled was the double card. Interesting. I have very dark cards that I pulled in my interpretation of them. I have a lot to say. The Knight of Pentacles reversed and the Nine of Swords. So I believe that the intent behind this is ominous. I believe it is for suffering. Oh. Um, I believe that the devil represents someone who is malicious in their intent, trying to cause harm. Okay. And so the reason behind it is... Um, the financial aspect of it is really interesting because usually the Knight of Pentacles is somebody who's hoarding money um, and resources. Yeah. I believe it's somebody who probably has lost a lot of resources. If it is alien, they're, they might be have a lack of resources and they're trying to get that back. And they get it through the cows? They might get it through the DNA from the cows and being able to experiment and freely find a cure for their issues that they're having. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it was a financial card um, could really point to Holly's human aspect because, you know, we're we're kind of rooted into money. Yeah. And so whatever's being done is a trade of money of Mm -hmm. some sort. Mm -hmm. And. The nine of swords is intense suffering. Yeah. So whoever is behind this and why this is happening is because somebody is suffering. Yeah. Somebody is suffering in a big way yeah. and they're trying to get a cure yeah. for something that they either know is coming or has happened. Um, and they're trying to fix it. Interesting. And so do we know what it is? Not, not necessarily, but we know it's evil intent. Mm-hmm. It's not of a good purpose. No. And it's money involved or resources. Mm-hmm. And 
the thing is suffering and it's to help fix the suffering that's happening. Do the you, Nine of Swords is also a ca- card of illness. Do you think that there could be some kind of trade going on for mm-hmm. tons and testicles to somebody for some reason that's going to result in some kind of healing anecdote mm-hmm. for something? I do. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it could. It could be. Because if it was just malicious intent, I mean, this is not only happening in Oregon, it's happening all over the world. Yes, so, I mean, whoever is doing this, yeah. I couldn't believe that it would be something, a vendetta against every farmer out there. No, I know. But I'm. that's the reason I took on the, this is a competitor, because the emperor is about business and mm-hmm. money. And so that the emperor would be trying to kind of um, compete with the other ranchers, and that's why he's taking out their cows. But then you're taking it more. No, it's more about what he's taking from the cows that's important. So, um, and that he's using that. It's evil what he's doing, but Mm -hmm. he's taking them to use them for something that is good. Well, he's suffering. So whatever it is, is he's needing it. Do you think it's a mental illness? It's needing it. It's driving this. Well, because the devil can represent mental illness. Yeah. And so it can, and addiction. So it could be some sort of mental illness going on. Telling him that if he has these, these cow parts, that he will be healed. And that's what the real sickness is, that he's mentally unstable. Maybe. But the fact that he's an emperor mm-hmm. uh, and a leader. Yeah. Perhaps he keeps it under wraps. People don't know. But he is he's a leader of something. He's mm-hmm. a very strong individual. And we're we're saying he because the emperor typically is a male card. Right. If it was a woman, it would be the empress. Mm-hmm. So we're saying he because he's definitely got a stake in this game for some reason, a very big one. Mm-hmm. And usually the emperor is about money, which is why I was taking the money approach. And Carol's taking it more about, no, this is about resolving a pain issue. I, If I were to guess, and just to make a guess, yeah, it is some research that has big money behind it. Okay. That would marry both of our ideas to together. Yeah. help cure something yeah. that they're trying to work on. And they're finding it's linked with cows specifically or or cattle. They can help get that material to experiment. And mad, mad cow disease. Ah, maybe. <laughs> wouldn't that be weird? That would be so strange. But you would think he wouldn't have to do it like incognito. You would just go to these ranchers and say, hey, we're doing some tests. But they specifically take tons in genitalia. Well, and the thing is, too... It, it's strange because I think if they would just go to the ranchers, they'd have to pay 9000 per head for cattle or however much. 6000 6000 a head for each cattle. Yeah. They're not going to do that when yeah. they can just come in with a drone. And do what they need to Slice what do. they need, get out of there. Yeah. And be done with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're like, you know, whatever. We justify the ends of the means. Yeah. Or we're just some crazy person who doesn't care about anybody else but our own agenda right right but there is intense mental suffering going on so it's just very strange odd yeah to me. interesting maybe it's the stress of getting away with this for so long I yeah don't know. <laughs> of course it's <laughs> only been that, a couple years but you know hopefully that it doesn't cause more confusion hopefully we've shed some light yeah on hopefully this. <laughs> all right you guys well thanks so much that's our reading and again if you ever uh want to tear our reading from us uh shoot us a message on our socials and we will get back okay Good night. Good night.
Um, the first, uh, fuck. They usually don't have surgical instruments. How, what would you do with a cow tongue? Like, what would you do with that? Dry it out. I don't know. Use it for some kind of leather hood, material? Hood or ornament. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Harney County Sheriff Deputy Dan Jenkins has been investigating the cattle. <laughs> so I'm trying to get Carol to buy the house next door to mine, even though it's not for sale yet. Yet, But I think it's someday it's got to be because that woman cannot survive forever. I mean, she's got to. Oh, my. <laughs> you better not. Josh, cut that. <laughs> As the flames die down, do remain. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts, and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.